This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. Well, if you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we're going to look at a lot of scripture uh, this morning. The title of this message is Caring Words for Heavy Hearts. When we feel discouraged, in those very moments that we feel discouraged, that is a reminder, stop and reflect on the sovereignty of God. Now I know that word sovereignty may sound like a large word and it may sound like a boring word to someone, but the truth is this, we're gonna see in this message what God's sovereignty is. It's not negative, it is positive. And so when you find yourself feeling discouraged, at that very moment, stop and reflect on the sovereignty of God. Now I wanna read something from a man who lived a long time ago. His name was A.W. Pink. And he said this about God's sovereignty. He said, the sovereignty of God. What do we mean by this expression? We mean the supremacy of God, the kingship of God, the Godhood of God. To say that God is sovereign is to declare that God is God. To say that God is sovereign is to declare that He is the Most High, doing according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, so that none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? To say that God is sovereign is to declare that he is the Almighty, the possessor of all power in heaven and earth, so that none can defeat his counsels, thwart his purpose, or resist his will. To say that God is sovereign is to declare that He is the governor among the nations, setting up kingdoms, overthrowing empires, and determining the course of dynasties as pleases Him best. To say that God is sovereign is to declare that He is the only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Such is the God of the Bible. That's by A.W. Pink. So. With that in mind, let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 28, a very familiar verse. As soon as I start reading it, you're going to be reminded of it because you've been hearing it since you were young children. Paul said this to the church at Rome. He said, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, not our purpose but according to his purpose. Now, number one, the basic reasons we doubt God's sovereignty. That feeling of, I don't think God is in control and I'm worried and I'm afraid. The basic reasons we doubt that this is true. We doubt God's sovereignty. First is self-sufficiency. In other words, I think I can do it myself. I can play God, so to speak. I remember a long time ago when my little girl, we nicknamed her Mac, her name's McLaren. She used to say, I do it myself. Well, we would always laugh about that. And part of that is good because we do need to be self-reliant, but we do not need to be so self-reliant that we do not see that God is ultimately in control. He is our creator and he's sovereign. One night, uh, my wife was getting Mac ready for bed, and she was teaching her how to get herself ready for bed. And she said, 
as my wife was talking to her, she said, zip your lip. I know how myself. So she was being self-reliant. Now that's just a young little girl. And now she's uh, 17. She'll be 18 next month. And that's normal for children. Matter of fact, you want to see that in a child. But at the same time, they have to be respectful. And we taught her that. And we still teach her that. But sometimes as adults, we can be that way with God. God, zip your lip. I know what I'm doing. Me do it myself. So sometimes self-sufficiency keeps us from remembering God is sovereign. He loves me and he controls everything. The sun, the moon, the stars, everything he controls. And so self-sufficiency is one basic reason we doubt God's sovereignty. Now, the second thing is this, fear and worry. Some of you may be afraid right now. You're afraid that something physically is wrong with you, and you're wondering if you've done damage to your body in such a way that you're about to find and hear some bad news and you're going to pass away. You're worried. Some of you are fearful because maybe you don't know where you'll be tonight. You don't know what might happen tonight. And you're just afraid of life in general. My friend, listen. God is sovereign. Turn to Him in repentance. He's the one who created you. Why not let Him control you the rest of your life? My friend, listen. He is sovereign. He is in charge. You see, sometimes we are fearful and we're worrying about things that we can't even know. We just assume things are going to go wrong. But the truth is, we don't know that they're going to go wrong. During these times, we need to remember, God never said, I was. God never said, I will be. God said, I am. He is our ever-present help in trouble. God neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's always present. At any moment of any time of any day, you can choose to turn your thoughts to Him wherever you are, and you can live in unbroken communion. Remember, I am the great I am who's God, who's sovereign. If you're a child of God, He lives in you, and the Bible clearly teaches you're in Him. My friend, listen. That is safe and secure from all alarm. Lean on Him. You see, if you're worrying about something, a lot of times it's just in your imagination. Nothing's going to happen. And so worrying is like rocking in a rocking chair. You don't really get anywhere. You just rock back and forth, but you never get anywhere. Some people worry. They live in a state of worry. It starts in their childhood and they carry it all the way into their adulthood. And if you say, well, tell me what has happened after all these years of worry, most of the time they say, well, a lot of things I worried about never happened. They were rocking in the rocking chair of worry and they never got anywhere in life because of fear and worry. Another basic reason we doubt God's sovereignty is this. 
The third one is misplaced confidence. Yes, self-sufficiency, fear and worry, but also misplaced confidence. In other words, you may be afraid that you're going to lose your position somewhere. If you're listening to this message and you're in a position at a company somewhere and someone else has come on the scene and it seems like they're going to get your spot, instead of just trusting God in it, you may be finding yourself worrying, fearful. It's because you have misplaced confidence. You have more confidence in your position than in a sovereign God who's in control. It may be popularity. You're afraid that someone is going to start a wrong narrative about you and it's going to hurt your popularity. It may be something to do with your personal appearance. Maybe if it's a woman, uh, the woman's beautiful or the man's handsome and they begin to realize, I'm getting older. <laughs> and they begin to lose confidence in themselves. They should have never had confidence in that anyway. Our confidence should be in a sovereign, all-knowing God. And then a fourth reason and basic reason, we seem to not be able to just rest and we begin to doubt in God's sovereignty is simply we have a limited knowledge of who God is. You know, you can go to church from the time you're a child up to the adult life, but if you really don't pay attention, you don't really learn anything when you go. And so a lot of people doubt God's sovereignty. They worry. They feel like God's not in control because they simply have a limited knowledge of who God is. And so we find ourselves sometimes too busy for prayer and Bible reading. We're sporadic in church attendance. The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren together. We should desire to be with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we find ourselves more comfortable with people without Christ or people who are Christians, but they're carnal. They're following God at a guilty distance. We find ourselves enjoying being with them than with children of God who are growing. I want to tell you, my friend, that will take you down, down, down. Don't do that. One of the greatest things I do, I think, and probably the greatest thing that I love, is I like to sit down with men one-to-one -one for about an hour to an hour and a half once a week and go through the basics of the Christian life from the Word of God. Like a father to a son. Son, this is what you need to know next. This is how you need to see that from Scripture and not from self-sufficiency. I love to do that. Matter of fact, when I leave here, I will drive to Collierville. I'll be at uh, Collierville on the square. I'll be at a place called Square Bean Coffee, and I'll be meeting a man. His name is Jason, and we're going through a discipleship book together. I really love doing that. That is a highlight of my life, and I have eight men right now that I meet with once a week for about an hour and a half, two are online, and then six I meet in different locations. Jesus did that with the disciples. Jesus had 12 disciples, and he only was with them three years, 36 months, and then he was gone. What he did with them began a change and a movement 
that has affected this whole world, including me and including all of you. So be willing to allow God to grow you up. When you find yourself becoming self-sufficient, too confident in yourself, you begin to realize, I don't know enough about this God who's sovereign. My friend, I want to encourage you to get back into the Word of God. Surround yourself with the people of God. And then be willing to help others do the same thing. Second thing is this. What are the characteristics of God's sovereignty? I don't know what the word sovereignty means. Well, I read that quote by A.W. Pink just to give you a taste of what God's sovereignty may be about. So now I want to, the second point here, is give you the characteristics of God's sovereignty. What does it look like? Well, the Bible clearly teaches that God is the creator. Everything that we see when you walk out, everything you see, God created the heavens and the earth. Psalm 24.1 says this, The earth is the Lord's. This earth, my friend, listen, this earth is not owned by man. This earth is created and is owned by a sovereign God. He owns and controls this earth. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein, Psalm 24, 1. So I want you to think about this. God will take care of what is His. You see, God will take care of this earth, but far more important than that, God will take care of you. Now, this is what you may be thinking right now. You think, God's not taking care of me. No, I love you, so listen. You will not allow the one who created you to take care of you. It's not God. It's you. God takes care of what is His. But if you continue to resist Him, He's not angry because He's not surprised. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. But God will allow you to keep going the way you are until you come to the end of yourself. My prayer is that you'll turn to Him in repentance and faith before you die one day, because once you die, it is too late. And once you lose your mind because of alcohol or drugs, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. Turn to a loving God who created you, who takes care of what is His. And so, you think about the characteristics of God's sovereignty. God is the creator, but not only that, God is the protector. We should draw our strength and our protection from Him. God and what God provides for me is all that I need. Instead of worrying and fear, the one who created me, I belong to Him. He takes care of what He created. He is my strength and He is my protection. Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise Him. So, when you think about the characteristics of God's sovereignty, God is the creator, God is the protector, but he also, God gives us reason not to fear. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, 
Listen to what God said to Joshua. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you. The one who created it all. The one who takes care of what he created, including you. He never had a beginning. He'll never have an end. He's ever present, even right in these moments. This gives us reason not to fear. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 through 6, listen to these verses. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For God Himself has said this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So because of that, we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And then, when you think about the characteristics of God's sovereignty, number four, God gives us reason not to worry. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verses 27 through 34. Listen to this carefully. Jesus said this, Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will He not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Listen, the sovereign God who created it all, including you, He knows everything you need. He knows when you need it. We are walking away from a sovereign God who loves us so much that He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross. We're walking away from Him living self-sufficient lives, and it's not turning out too well for us. He says, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And then Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And then the fifth, characteristics of God's sovereignty is this. God is conforming us to the image of Jesus. Listen, when you ask Christ to come into your heart, it's like you being a glove and He's the hand. The glove is not in charge of the hand. The hand is in charge of the glove. Let me ask you, I love you, so listen. Have you gotten that Backwards? 
In other words, are you living life like I'm self-sufficient? I'm in control? I'm going to do what I want to do? You can't tell me what and what not to do? How has that been working out for you? God is sovereign. He's the creator. He created you. He is in control. Even though you're resisting him, he still loves you. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. The wisest thing you can do before you breathe your last breath is let go and let God have all there is of you. You see, he owns you. He created you. All of us came from the mind of God. Again, Romans 8, 29, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined, listen to this, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. All of us have regrets in this life. All of us haven't done our best in every area of our life. At any moment of any day, you can get this in your mind. It's no longer I but Christ. I'm not the hand, I'm just the glove and he's the hand. From here forward, I'm going to so let him control me that more and more my family and friends and people in my life will know that I've been with Jesus. Because you're becoming like Jesus. Do you remember the story in Jeremiah of the potter and the clay? Listen to this in Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. Listen to this. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Now remember, we're the clay. God the Father, the sovereign God, the one who created us, He is the potter. He's in charge of what the clay looks like. And it says, So He made it again into another vessel. God is making you more like Christ, if you'll let Him. As it seemed good to the potter to make. God is the potter here in this picture, in Jeremiah. He's sovereign. He's in control. The clay needs to simply sit there and let the potter fashion him or her. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Listen to me. The sovereign God of the universe is the potter. Me and all of you, we're the clay. We're supposed to be letting him shape us into the image of Jesus Christ by the indwelling Holy Spirit. But instead, we're living our own lives, doing what we want to do, and we're going to be sad the moment we breathe our last breath. We're going to say, what a fool I've been when I should have just said yes to a sovereign God who so obviously has loved me all of my life. He loves me more than I love me. 
third and last thing is this. We've looked at the basic reasons we doubt God's sovereignty. We've looked at the characteristics of God's sovereignty. Third and last thing is this. How to rest in God's sovereignty. Just like when you sat down in that chair right there. It's like resting in a sovereign God who has no beginning, who has no end. He's in us and we're in Him. Why not rest in Him the way a baby rests in its mother, on the mother's breast, taking all that the baby needs for nourishment from that mom, while the mom protects and holds that baby from falling to the floor. Why not let God be who He is, sovereign and loving, in your life. Number three, how to rest in God's sovereignty. How do you rest in Him? Well, number one, first of all, just thank Him. It is certain that God is and will always be bigger than your circumstances. Psalm 139, 16 through 17 says, talking about you and talking about me, listen to this. Your eyes, talking about God, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written. The reason we're to be strictly against abortion is because that is a baby inside of the mother. It says clearly right here, one, Psalm 139, 16 through 17, your eyes, talking about God who's sovereign, who created all of us and the baby in the mother's womb. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. This speaks of God's eternal view. He already knows when you'll pass away. He knows how many hairs are on your head. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. You know what that means? God knew you before you were even, before you were ever a substance. He knew you. He knew you. Matter of fact, you could not be here without Him saying yes. It says in verse 17, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! And so, listen to what Paul says. In Philippians 4, 4 through 9, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord sometimes. That's not what he says. He says, Rejoice in the Lord what? Always. Always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. Let me ask you, when men are around you, women are around you, do they sense the gentleness of the Lord Jesus Christ in you? Or they say, no way, I am a hard man and proud of it. My friend, listen, you're going to hell unless you turn and repent toward the Jesus Christ who loves you and gave himself for you. You're going to hell. Don't die today without Christ. People should see the beauty of Jesus in you.
they should sense the gentleness of Christ in you. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Notice, with thanksgiving. When you're praying, you're already praying with thanksgiving. You're not waiting for Him to do something, and then you thank Him. You thank Him while you're making your request made known to God. Let your request be made known to God, and, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You see, what you're going to do when you leave here today will begin in your mind. The thought will be in your mind what I'm going to do next. Your mind will control your legs and your arms. You will go where you're thinking to go. It's just the way it works. You can't blame anyone because you act on what you think. And if it all goes wrong, it goes back. I was thinking that way. I knew it was wrong. I did it anyway. I cannot blame anybody anymore, period. I did it. One thought at a time. One step at a time. One thought at a time. One step at a time. I did what I did on my own. Verse 8, Philippians 4, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. In other words, think on these things. Because I want to tell you, how you think determines what you do and will determine how you feel. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. So, how to rest in God's sovereignty? Simply begin by thanking Him for who He is. And then secondly, trusting Him. I'm just going to trust you. Just like you trusted Him to save you, Keep trusting Him moment by moment, day by day. Psalm chapter 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And when it says the name of the Lord our God, what it's saying is the name of the Lord our God is basically who He is. His names describe who He is. And then Psalm 37, 5 says, Commit your way that is, your day-by-day -day living. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Meaning, He will cut a highway for you. So, after you eat, how you think determines what you do next. And it will determine how you feel. And the Bible's saying, after you eat, Commit your way to the Lord. And if he says, don't do that, don't do it. If he says, do that, do it. If you will keep doing that, eventually it'll be your habit. Or 
you can have another habit that's tearing you down and everyone around you. It is simply your choice. What will I do next? And that will determine what your legs and your feet do after lunch. And you're responsible for it. No one else is. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You say, well, I want that. Those who wait on the Lord. In other words, those who are controlled by the Lord. Be careful how you think. Wait on the Lord. The Holy Spirit takes over and lifts you. This is abiding above. Instead of being controlled by things man creates, be controlled by the one who created all things, including you. Surrender to him. Ask God to help you give up control of your life to him. There was a man named F.B. Meyer many years ago who came to a point in his life he knew he needed to make changes. And so this is what he prayed. He said, Lord, I'm not willing. And I believe some of you right now, you're telling God, right now, I know I should. I know it, I know it, I know it. But Lord, I'm not willing. But F.B. Meyer said this, I'm willing to be made willing. I'm willing to be made willing. And so, you thank Him, you trust Him, you surrender to Him, and you renew your mind. Allow God to continue renewing your mind each day as you walk along with Him. Remember, how you think determines what you do, determines how you feel. It's just the way it is. Paul said in Romans 12 too, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. My friend, listen. You're about to eat lunch and then your mind will start thinking about what it wants to do next and then your legs, your feet, your arms, your hands will follow your mind. It's your choice. Commit your way to the Lord. Those are caring words for heavy hearts. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.